I didn't mean that in a bad way. I'm sorry if I made that make (laughs) if that made you feel bad. No, I don't feel bad about it. Hey everyone, it's Jason and Katie, and this is the Funk Travels Podcast. Together we move from America to Turkey to pursue our dream of international living. And now we're figuring out how to live the expat life. Join us in sharing in our experiences, the ups and downs, and travels along the way. Great job. Okay, welcome to episode 41 of the Funk Travels Podcast. We're happy that you're here, joining with us again two weeks later. Yep. Um, and this week, uh, actually last week, we spent out of the city and kind of on a proper vacation because neither of us really worked all that much. Um, and so we we're going to talk about that. But before we do that, um, is there anything you want to share about your life or anything going on? Um, let's see. I, I can share something fun that I did this week. Go ahead. Uh, so the group that I'm involved in, the International Women's Association of Izmir, uh, they get together and do day trips outside the city and or like different classes, like pottery classes, random things like that. Um, but this last week, we actually took a group of ladies um, to to a town outside of Izmir called Today, today, I always say it wrong. Um, it looks like tire. It's actually spelled like tire, which is probably why I completely butcher it every time that I say it. Um, but it's known, it's, it's not a huge city. It's maybe, mm, oh, I actually looked it up. It was like 82,000 people. Um, but I, every Tuesday, it has a pretty massive bazaar that runs through the downtown area. And mm-hmm. it's known for having like handicraft stuff. So, um, there's a lot more women at this bazaar who are selling like scarves with really beautifully knitted um, designs on the edge of the border of the scarves. And uh, they even make like these really tiny intricate flowers and um, just really, really small dainty things. Mm-hmm. It's, um, like a, it's like a craft show. Yeah, it's kind of like a craft show. Um and it's beautiful stuff. And I'm excited because I took some pictures and I'll um, post some pictures on the blog probably this week about this cool little bazaar. I mean, for the most part, it looks like any other type of market. Like they have fruits and vegetables, um, but it's it's a bigger market when they have like clothes and shoes and handicraft stuff that people make themselves. And so mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of like what we did this week. Um, and I didn't buy any of the like teeny tiny handicraft stuff, but this place, they also make, um, felt, which I didn't know where they make made felt here. Hmm. And I, yeah. So you can actually buy like larger spools of felt. Um, it's not as I think well done, not well done. They use it for different purposes here. And the felt that they had there are just a little bit more bulky. Um, and the colors are natural, but they're a little bit more um, 
they're not as like well packed. They are pressed and they're they're packed well, but it just looks different than the felt that you would get at like Hobby Lobby or Walmart or something. It's more like rough. Yeah, it's a little bit more rough. Um, and they do a couple of things with these felts. Uh, the felt and they basically have like clothes or scarves like silk um silk or cotton scarves and clothes that they will press felt in between um like either along the edges of the clothes or um kind of in a pattern around the clothes so that the it's like intertwined with the silk underlaying design and then the solid color of the felt um it's it's a really unique type of design and clothing like the clothing all looks similar because of how they do it but uh how it looks is unique um and they actually have um they have the silk scarves and they put the felts um, or along the edge of the scarf so that the design of the silk scarves comes through, but then the felt kind of like mutes out the sides. It's actually really, really cool. They do a lot with that. Hmm. And then, then they make other things like purses and slippers. And um, and I actually, I didn't buy any of the like dainty like head, like scarves or um, like handkerchiefs with the design around the outside of it because I have a few that people have given me. But I have... Um, some I did get a pair of felt slippers and the tour around the house and they are very 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 warm and yeah. so I just thought you could actually see the process of them making the felt uh, right next to the shop where they're selling the clothes that they've made they don't show you how they make mm. the clothes but you can kind of see the whole process which I thought was really really interesting how so. how do they make felt um is so, it like plywood mm, yes <laughs> well, what I'm I mean, not exactly sure how they make plywood, but what I mean, I mean it's is like, like normal wood. They just cut down a tree and then turn it into boards. But plywood, they like take a bunch of chips or sawdust or whatever and like press it together. Yeah. So like they had like a basket full of like extra clippings, like just pieces of wool that was left over and um, like in this huge basket. And then this guy was actually taking this like wool pieces of wool and just laying them out on this machine and then the machine would like pull in the pieces of wool and like kind of pull them together hmm. um, so then it would make kind of like a longer like connected piece like a fabric after that um at least this is what i could see from the window and then there was another machine across the street that you could hear like this pounding sound and the, there was um like this wooden, I'm not sure what exactly the machine was. Maybe it was wooden. Maybe it was metal. It when you pound it down, then it makes it really, really thin. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. But it it is like plywood, where it's just like a bunch of chips of wool that are like interwoven together and then like pounded down so that it makes a really thin fabric. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Because felt, I think, like you can eventually pull apart if you pull really well, or if it's not done really well then you could eventually pull it apart but right. yeah. yeah um interesting yeah it was actually really really cool um and, and it kind then, of messed up your whole week didn't it <laughs> i had a really hard time because we go we do these trips on sometimes on tuesdays sometimes on thursdays it usually happens on tuesdays Mondays, I usually, I try to stay at home. I try not to schedule anything. But then Tuesdays, I start my lessons. Well, okay, so this week, I didn't start my lessons until Wednesday, which made me just think that Wednesday was Tuesday and then Thursday was Wednesday. And it just caused lots of problems. 
Yeah. So I had lessons two days in a row without a break. And then I actually, Thursday, Thursday, I, I was really proud of myself because I cooked food and like I actually made dinner, which doesn't happen very often, as you know. Um, and then we were finishing up dinner and I was like, well, I need to get a few things for cooking class that we did on Friday, which we never do on Friday. And as I was walking to go get stuff for our, the rest of our, for my cooking class on Friday, I walked by a restaurant that we're supposed to be meeting friends at <laughs> for dinner that night. <laughs> but I had already cooked dinner. So yeah. I was like, oh, today's Thursday and we're supposed to be meeting friends. And I totally thought it was Wednesday. And so I cooked food. Mm. Uh, so it just kind of, just kind of made me laugh. Like the whole week was just off. I just, and yeah. this come so I'm talking a lot, but this comes back to the struggle that I have with doing too many things at once and like not knowing how much I can do in a week and not realizing that I just need more time to do less things. And so this week I felt like I got hardly anything done, but I did a lot of things and a lot of good things. Yeah, I still I I still disagree with you about this. I mean, <laughs> of course you feel what you feel and and that's fine. Um I think I I was listening to some old I didn't mean that in a bad way. I'm sorry I know. if I made that make <laughs> if that made you feel bad. But No, I don't feel bad about it, but what I I'm, yeah, so I was listening to some old podcasts and they were talking about time tracking. And one of the guys um, is kind of on the extreme side. And he, his goal was to have like a time tracking timer going from the moment he woke up to the moment he went to sleep. Um, and which then he could know how long you're sleeping. So practically, you know, every minute of his life is timed and accounted for. So much so that... Um, he had it set up some through some automation service to start a timer at the moment that he wanted to wake up. So let's say 6 a.m. or something, a timer would automatically start and then he would stop it when he got out of bed. And so he would know how much time he was sleeping in instead of getting <laughs> up when he wanted to. Anyway, I don't think you need to go that crazy, but I think it really would be helpful for you to track some of your time to figure out where you're spending your time and where you're wasting time where, when during the days or during the weeks are your most productive times um, and just to have some of that visibility because right now all you can do is think back over your week and think man I didn't get anything done but if you sit and thought maybe a little harder or had the data in front of you you could say actually you know I did get 10 hours of writing in plus I was gone a whole day or you know I did get six hours of whatever whatever so to have that visibility you can make kind of informed feelings instead of just like uninformed. general yeah I just feel like I didn't get anything done when maybe you actually did I mean I just edited an article that you wrote this week you know so it's not <laughs> yeah like but you I didn't, didn't the problem is I didn't actually publish the article, which was supposed to happen. Yeah, so, like, but you wrote I'm it. Not, but I'm not getting the thing. Like it's a like on my list, it's like publish this. And it doesn't actually get published. Like it took me a really long time to actually write it. It's like I wasn't sitting down to write it quick he, enough. Right. Which meant that I didn't actually publish it. So like my goal was to like publish two articles this week on our website. And I only published one. So now I can't check that off of my checklist because I didn't actually publish two. Yeah, but let's – 
I mean, when you started this conversation and said you felt like you didn't get anything done, you published an article and you wrote another one that you didn't actually get published. And so you did get a lot done. And and it was just, so you have to ask the question, okay, why, why didn't I get that second one published? And well, maybe this article took longer to write than you expected, which is normal. Or maybe just having a whole day where you weren't able to work, you didn't account for that in your initial plan. And so these kinds of things to be able to reflect upon and have the information about where you actually did spend your time, I think would be useful. It would, maybe it would help but then, but the reason I say that is because in two weeks from now, my week's going to look very similar to this one because I have another thing on Tuesday that's going to then throw my week off. So, where is it? Like, where are you going? Um, well, that one's for this. It's called uh, Ebrew class. It's like water painting. <laughs> it sounds really. Oh, really? Well, it's so. Um, I'm sure people have seen videos of this, but it's basically like a tub of water, like a, a small pan of water, and you put um, like acrylic paints in there, and the paints kind of float on top of the water, and then you use, it's like oils are in the water too. It's, this is a very um, Katie version of how this this works. And then I think you use some tools to then kind of connect the colors and make flowers and tulips. Um, and that type of thing is kind of a Turkish art form. And so we're going to go and we're going to actually watch somebody do it. And then we're going to actually paint that as well. But I mean, so, then you like put the canvas in the water. So then you, so once your design's done on the water and it's what you want because it stays there until you're finished, you take a piece of paper and you lay the paper flat, like down onto the, um, to the paint and the water. And then when you like remove it, the paint sticks to um, to the paper. And mm. then the paper um, then has your design on it and then it just needs to dry. Yeah, and then you can frame it. So, yeah. well, that yeah. should be fun. Yeah, so I like that's gonna happen in a couple of weeks too. So my Tuesdays will have to become something else. And yeah, and then I'll have to move my lessons around. So it's all well, good things. It's not like it isn't, you're right. It's not like I'm not doing things. It's that right. like in the time that I do have, I'm not actually like getting to check things off of the list that I was hoping to get done. Right. So, Which um, could be a problem with your original list is that you, you have other things that you want to do not on the list. And so it messes up the other things. You yeah, just need yeah. to learn and adapt. I want to figure out a way I haven't I haven't looked too closely, but I want an app for we we both have Apple Watches and so I want an app for the watch where it can easily just like quickly and easily do the time tracking. Like something that would probably be super annoying would be like every 15 minutes or every half hour or something for it to like tap you and say, "Hey, what did you do the last 15 minutes?" and then you could just pick one of four or five or six things. And mm -hmm. it would, but I think maybe that would be, that would get pretty annoying. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I mean, it so, would definitely prompt me if you wanted me to like track my time, it would prompt me to write it in. Um, like the, I get, I just get so distracted. So, and there's other times that I don't realize, like I don't schedule in um, like tidying the house, but I do it almost every time before one of our language tutors come in. So it's not like if, if my lesson starts at say one, like it doesn't actually start at one, it starts at like one thirty because at one thirty I'm getting the water together. I might vacuum the house, like run, you know, the vacuum over the floors. You mean like make sure the bathroom's clean because we have guests coming. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what so I meant. Yeah, so it's a half 12, hour before. Yeah, right. a half hour before or something. So I don't schedule that time in. Um, or like I might be trying to finish up homework or, you know, like this week my tutor came yeah. 30 minutes early or sometimes they come 10 minutes early because that's just when public transportation gets them there. So, yeah, I just, I think it would be helpful. Not all, I think it would be helpful for me. Um, I, my schedule is a little different because I do tracking anyway for my work part of it, but I don't do it for my not work. I tried for a little bit to do like time I spent on Turkish and time I spent some other things, um, but not just kind of general life life things. I think it'd be helpful for both of us. I might look into that a little more. Yeah. I mean, if you find something that is easy to track time, that I, then, then I would do it. It's just on the like really small weekly planner that I have, it's really hard to write in. In a 30-minute block, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Well, I may have done like five different things, which but I didn't get one thing done. And so that's where... Yeah, it's not about what you accomplished. It's about what you were doing. And it may require you stop, you not multitasking so much. Yes, which is my problem. You might be like Instagramming something while cleaning, while doing your homework, while whatever. You just might need to stop that. (laughs) And just 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 know like... Stop it. Stop multitasking and start just doing... For 15 minutes, you only do one thing. You know, yeah. and and then the next fifteen minutes you only do one thing, or I think figure they have out medicine for this. <laughs> no, you don't need medicine. <laughs> but need sometimes medicine. I think I do. No, you don't. Don't worry. You just need practice. Yeah. So this is like our ongoing. This is like my ongoing battle with myself. It's it is nothing new, and we've already talked about it. So this is a repeat of like what we talked about last episode. Not, not really. not fully, but. Um, no. But yes, so that's kind of like the market was actually really cool. And I know that like, I don't want to say no, not to go to the market because actually going to the market meant that I took pictures, which I've already edited the photos for those pictures. I mean, when, when did you do that? You didn't get anything done this week. I know. So I was doing that when I should have been publishing the (laughs) blog post. (laughs) So, but, um, so anyways, the problem is, is like doing the things, the priorities that I need to get done first. So, um, and I think I need to learn, I need to like set aside some time to get ahead. I need to get ahead and not be like, like those, those blog posts should have already been done. Like I shouldn't have had to worry about those so that I could have just been worrying about them next, like the ones next week that, and I don't yeah. do that very well. I've thought Getting, about this too. <laughs> you, you don't think that, that I need to do that? No, I think it'd be great too. I think you... You don't have time to get ahead because you expect too much of yourself. Publishing two blog posts every week, that's crazy, girl. No, it's not crazy. To get ahead, you would have to start writing at least three blog posts a week. Yeah. So here's what I meant. Like, I think I need to schedule like two days where I go somewhere and I just write the whole time that I'm gone. Like, that's, I just write. I write a bunch of stuff for like for the blog and I can get ahead. And then and then I was thinking, well, what if on Mondays I just write? Like if I'm already ahead on those other things, then I can just write on Monday. And then the other things are easier to kind of fit in here and there. But the writing's the hardest part because it just takes time. And then I have to go back and edit and then I have to get other people to edit. And so that's kind of where that, like if I can get yeah. that. And you're right, maybe I don't need to have those high expectations of myself. But um, 
I just, I, I do want there to be content on my website. And so I, and I actually like publishing those things. And so I, I do want to be somewhat consistent with it, but I have um, not met my own standards. So you're, you're probably, I should not be frustrated with myself and you are probably right that I should not be expecting that much of myself for that because of the other things that I'm doing. It's not mm-hmm. just language. I'm also doing the travel writing um, mentoring program that I'm, and that takes time too. So yeah, you're right. I'm doing too many things. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about our last week. So the last weekend we went to Antalya. Uh, Antalya is a city in the on the south coast of Turkey, and it's very popular as like a summer tourist place. Um, so much so that, it, well, for one thing, it was way bigger than I thought. There's like a million people who live there, which is way more than I thought. But um, they get millions and millions of tourists every year coming through Antalya. And so I had not been, you had been a long time ago. Um, and so we went, uh, we went for, uh, it was just over a, uh, just at like a week that we went. And the first weekend we actually didn't spend in Antalya. We went north into the mountains and stayed at a glamping site called um, <laughs> Sakla Gol Evleri, which means like hidden lake houses is what it translates secret chalets is what they use that's the english translation they use well the literal translation is hidden lake houses but anyway it was beautiful yeah it was really pretty i don't think most people go to antalya then to directly head north into the mountains most people go to antalya and go straight to the water into the beach but we were already going on off season and i was kind of desiring some fall weather anyways but um yeah, glamping, if you don't know what it is, is called like glamorous camping. It's kind of a slang word. And I had actually had like a kind of a sponsored assignment with Glamping Hub. And that's where we actually found this location was through Glamping Hub. And I had heard about it and I looked at other countries and then I was like, no, I'll look in Turkey. And Turkey has several locations. So since we were going to Antalya, we decided to kind of double up with going up into the mountains to stay at this glamping hub location. And and it was it was really cool. I actually I kind of fell in love with the pictures online first. Um, so basically this place used to be a breakfast location, kind of like a, a day outing where people can come up from Antalya, enjoy the nature, um, look out over this lake and maybe do some fun activities like biking, canoeing, boat trips, fishing, that type of thing. And then just eat, like eat breakfast, eat lunch. Like they have a restaurant that cooks meat by the kilo. Um, And then about five years ago, the owner had decided to start making uh, cabins and tents so people could stay the weekend or during the week and um, like make a weekend of it. And and he did a beautiful job, I thought. Um, So some... Some of the places he did um, were wooden cabins and then, but he has more, I think he has like 12 um, tent cabins. And so basically they're all made with tent, like bungalow tent, like a yurt tent. Like those are the walls of the, of the actual cabin. Um, But inside it looks like a, like a hotel, like there's a bathroom, like your own private bathroom, sitting room, everything looks like a hotel room. Like if you look at the pictures, you can't actually tell that it's a tent. Um, 
yeah, it's still a tent with a balcony and it's out in the, like the woods with the overlook of the lake. Um, yeah, a tent isn't quite, I mean, I think a tent is technically true, but when I say, when I hear tent anyway, I think what I think of is nothing like these. It's basically, it looks like a cabin, except the walls are made out of canvas instead of wood. Is it like, I mean, people could say bungalow, but even a bungalow isn't necessarily a tent. I don't know what a bungalow is, so. It's, <laughs> it's like basically a small house. It's you could say it's a really big tent. Yeah. Yeah. Like a safari tent. Yeah, there'll be pictures. Just go look at the pictures and you can see see what yeah. they mean. Yeah. And it was it was a beautiful location that was just quiet and well, except for the chickens. We had a few chickens outside, um, friendly chickens that went around. Uh but for the most part it was quiet and um, at night, it would get super dark because there weren't any apartments nearby or street yeah. lights. And um, it was beautiful. It was it a was, great, great time nice. away to kind of just relax. It was our first, the first weekend of just kind of this week of vacation where I had taken off work and you had taken off work or life. Li- like, <laughs> life. <laughs> you didn't have language <laughs> lessons. You didn't have, you know, things. And so it was just a good time to relax and, uh, just kind of enjoy enjoy the place and we went for walks um and one of the days we were there it was pretty rainy and so we just kind of stayed inside and it was just it was a really nice a really nice weekend yeah so if you're ever if you ever get a chance and you are looking for uh kind of unique places to stay and either the u.s or other countries i would say check out glamping hub it's it works similar to like the website works similar to Airbnb, like where it looks, um, it shows you listings and then within the listings, what's included. Um, and some are like rental properties. I don't know if there's actually like people's homes or not. Um, most of them are companies uh, that offer unique places to stay. And so that's what's, that's what's different about this site. It's, it's mostly going to be places out in nature, um, or unique listings that you just wouldn't find on like a hotel website or even maybe on Airbnb, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, I, it's definitely worth it to check it out. Some are, I mean, some are quite pricey, but there are a lot more that are budget friendly. You can find things within your price range. So Yeah, and the price is pretty um, relative to the glamorousness of the places. <laughs> Wait, you're you know, the cheapest places there will be less maybe glamping and more just camping. Camping. Um, yeah. And some of the more expensive places are maybe less camping and more glamorous. So Yeah. yeah for there's sure. a big range, I think. Yeah. Um so I I thought it was great. I would I would definitely go back um just to get away and to have a, a nice quiet retreat um i think it's a great place to go for um reflection and that type of thing so i think there are some that are closer to us um they're a little bit more expensive or there's something like yoga retreats or that type of thing so yeah but as a tip um we were there on halloween and we were watching the second season of stranger things and (laughs) in a dark woods uh in a cabin all by yourself maybe stranger things isn't the best thing to watch yeah (laughs) katie had to stop watching and say maybe we should watch something else 
<laughs> that won't result in me just being terrified to go outside. <laughs> yeah. The great thing about glamping, though, is that your bathroom is inside your cabin and you don't have to go outside after it's dark. So yeah. One of the other cool things that we did while we were there is went about an hour north to this um, antique city, like ruins, and it's called, I don't, I don't really know how to say it. Sagalassos. Sagalassos. Say it again. Sagalassos. Sagalassos. And it was, it was amazing. It was really cool. And so it's, it's basically this old ruined city that is on. Which is like everywhere in Turkey. There are just ancient ruins everywhere. Yes. This one's on top of a mountain. (laughs) 1400 meters on top of a mountain. Yeah. And so we we drove up to it and got to walk around. Um, and there's a big ancient theater. There's an ancient marketplace. There's an ancient library. And it was it's really cool because you're just standing there looking at all these ruins, but overlooking the valley. There's like a like a new city down in the valley and the mountains all around. It was really beautiful. Really beautiful. Yeah. It took about an hour to get there from where we were staying, but um, it was I thought it was worth the drive to get to see it. Definitely. Um, and there, we were the only ones there for pretty much the whole time. I think maybe towards the end of it, some people had just arrived. No? No. no. Okay. I totally thought there was other people that came at the very end. Um, so anyways, no. we were the only people. So we get there. Of course, we we have these museum cards that are supposed to get us into like all of these antique theater places. Um, did we remember to bring them? No. No, but, but it is on our packing list. It is on our packing list now. Yep. Um, so. so we didn't bring them, but it costs, I think, 10 lira to get in. Um, and we go in, but the guy's like, so <laughs> at the top of the hill, because this whole place was just, you, you had to just go up these stairs and hills. It's not um, like handicap friendly so if you have trouble walking or getting up hills it's not easy to do so i would say um there might there's good walkways up until like the main area of the city and then after that to get up to the theater it's not very easy um to get up that way um but the guy had said okay when you get up towards the main city you can go from the main city to the theater, but on your way to the theater, there's an old library and there's um, a, like room in there that has old mosaics um, and the door's locked. So here's a key. <laughs> here's a key and just let yourself in so that you mm-hmm. can see the mosaics. And we we're like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the key. <laughs> and the, the mosaics weren't really anything to look at. I mean, it was they were original mosaics yeah but compared to like some of the ones in ephesus with their like colorful and patterns and and whatnot this was just boring but but it was still it was a pretty funny experience to be given the key uh to unlock it and relock it ourselves Uh, yeah so very trusting i think the coolest thing at this place is that they have an old like the old market square and at one end of the square is uh, was this big fountain, and they actually reconstructed the fountain and reconnected it to the water source. And so the the fountain is still working. It's it's a real fountain from you know two thousand years ago that I'm sure they had to you know 
fix it or whatever. But just the fact that it was a working fountain in this ancient market was really cool to me. Yeah. It, they also had that, like a fountain near the library that did that as well. That had like a little bit. Yeah. 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 That had like a, the same spring was running into the fountain. Where yeah. I remember we were walking towards the marketplace and I think you were talking about some wait lady who did weird pictures on Instagram. And I just <laughs> like, I said, stop and listen. And we stopped because we could hear running water. I was like, where is that water coming from? And so we we walked and we found the fountain and it was just, it was amazing. It was a really cool, it's probably my favorite, favorite experience. Because it wasn't just a fountain that was like flowing like out of a tube. Like it was actually like a waterfall yeah. into like- A pool. <clears throat> a pool, yeah. And the pool was like really long and like it wasn't just- one little piece of this fountain. It was actually like the whole construction of um, like how long would you say it was? Like a, a hundred meters, a fifty no. meter, a fe- yeah, maybe 50, fifty meters. meters. Yeah, I'm not and, quite sure. And the the like pool like ran the whole span of that fifty meters of like the fountains and columns and all that stuff. So it was the full completely yeah. of water. Really um, cool. Yeah. So um, we were glad that we spent. Like we actually took an hour to go up there. Yeah. It's also near the city of Esparta, um, and As- we didn't actually go to Esparta, um, which is known for their flowers and the flower, like sorry, roses and the rose festival that they have every June. But it's kind of in that direction. So if you go to Esparta, if you go to Antalya, it's all kind of in between there. Yeah. So just a really quick history of this sagas sagalosos. Saga- Sagalassos. Sagalassos is that it was discovered or the first historical record of it is from 300 BC when Alexander the Great took it over. And around that time, it or so that's when they, they first know it existed. And then in about the year 30 AD, it got brought into the Roman Empire. And so then it kind of grew and grew and grew. And then about five or 600 years later, because there was like a really big earthquake that just destroyed everything. And then a couple rounds of plague came through and eventually the city was abandoned. And so it hasn't, people haven't lived there for 1500 years, um, but the city itself was uh, almost 2,500 years old. So. Yeah, and it was so far inland, and maybe back then it wasn't that far away from the coastline. Maybe the coastline has like regressed outward. Mm-hmm. Like Ephesus kind of went out. Like it was Ephesus used to be a harbor, but the yeah. sea went out some. So like now it's like a couple of miles from the sea or something like that. Yeah, but I mean, this was. I don't know how many miles. I just thought, this is 200 miles inland. So it never was a port city. It was no, just an interior have, like, city. How did the city even, like, who decided to live on top of this mountain? And uh, I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, they lived on top of the mountain mostly probably for like defensive purposes because it's safe right, at, on top of a mountain. But yeah. I don't um, know. This is actually one of the ruins that we've gone to that supposedly has no biblical history. Um, uh, there are some people who said Paul, um, may have been passing through there on one of his journeys. Um, but we don't actually have like any knowledge of it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's lots of ancient cities that are like that, but Turkey has a big history of, um, Paul going through here on journeys, um, especially that coast, um, like Antalya from 
Antioch, Antalya, the Lycian Way, and all that to Izmir. Um, But there wasn't much like biblical reference that we can give you for this. Well, I think they don't really know all that much about the city. Because it was yeah, so and they they only started really uh, like excavating it and restoring it in 1990, and and they just and they have kind of some records and some mentions from people who who kind of went through, but I don't think they know a, a ton about it still. So yeah, but the views from there, like I can see why people live there because the views are gorgeous yeah it was and the views from the theater were the best like, yeah it was really really cool yeah and so we got up there like you said it was like an hour drive and so we did rent a car and based on our past history we've talked about this you might think well what accident did you get into <laughs> when you were driving the car and the answer is nothing none <laughs> yes, we broke our streak of having to file insurance claims with this car rental, so um, yeah. that was a success. Yeah, it was, it was. We actually had like one great car rental experience without any problem whatsoever, yeah. and we Though, were really, now, really thankful. Now that I think about it, the last one we did, we didn't have trouble with either. The one we rented to take to Ephesus to go to the opera. Yeah, so any of the ones that we've rented in Turkey. Yeah, have been. We have not had problems with. <laughs> yeah, okay. So maybe it's not that successful of a thing. But. Well, I think it's different because we're not like in another country. Yeah. So. Though driving through those mountains was, it's just gorgeous. Some of those roads and there's like tunnels that go through mountains and then these openings. Very beautiful. Yeah. Very yeah. beautiful. Turkey is one of the most beautiful places and they have all types of scenery. We talk about the sea a lot because we live really close to the water, but you go inland, I mean, we're surrounded by like small mountains, like Izmir goes up into mountains kind of all yeah. around us. And, um, and that's the same, like other places there's, there's valleys, there's, um, uh, Cappadocia has the rock formations. Trabzon is just coastlines of cliffs that shoot up straight from the water. So there's not beaches. It's just mm-hmm. cliffs and forest. Um, kind of reminds me of like, uh, I think maybe not the weather. Weather's not similar to um, Oregon or Washington, but the like cliffs into the water and like the forests that are there hmm. are kind of similar to that area. Yeah. Um, I really want to go to that's like in the Black Sea region and mm-hmm. I want to go and I found a new reason to go uh, just a couple days ago because I went with a friend to a Black Sea restaurant uh-huh. and he ordered a dish called muhlama, muhlama and it was delicious. And the reason it was delicious is because it has like five ingredients four ingredients which are butter corn flour cheese and milk and (laughs) and more cheese so there's like six cheese and cheese and cheese (laughs) and um it's it's like i think one of when i was explaining it to you one of your friends said it was kind of like fondue and i think that's kind of like a good analogy but it's not it's not as like creamy as fondue or like nacho cheese. It's still like the cheese still kind of maintains its shape, but it's still kind of melty. But it has this weird texture of like corn flour. Um, it was really delicious. And so it was just another reason to to go to the Black Sea. 
Yeah. Well, and um, ironically enough, it was on that trip that we heard about the, was it on that trip? At some point in time, we heard about the uh, train that runs from Istanbul to Ankara, which we knew that one, that there was one. But then Ankara, the capital, has a new train that goes all the way to the edge of the the northeast border of Turkey. Um, car, cars? Yeah, that's right. Um, so that's the city that it ends at. And it's really close to the Georgia border. And so I was like, okay, let's see how that would be so cool to take that train from Ankara all the way to yeah. that border. And they eventually want to have a train that connects the entire old Silk Road. So all the way from China through Turkey. And I'm not quite sure where it ends in Europe, but that would be really fun someday to to do as well. To take a train trip from London to China. Um, mm-hmm. It would take forever, but it'd be cool. Actually, I think yeah. it said they said it would take two weeks, which isn't too bad, but yeah. it'd be pretty cool. Well, it'd be a lot of train riding. Like if you wanted to stop off, it would definitely take longer. Yeah. After we were at uh, the Sokolikol Evlary place, we spent the rest of the time in Antalya itself, and we stayed at a, a nice hotel on the beach um, that was like all-inclusive, um, really, really good food. We ate too much food, uh, <laughs> but also like open bars in the afternoons, and disappointingly, the like waffle bar closed because we we got there on like october 31st and then november 1st was the start of their like winter season and so a lot of their like amenities changed because things were a lot slower and so they closed the waffle bar they closed the like towel beach towel room that was like next to the beach you know stuff yeah. like that they closed down yeah like um, everything that was out by the water they closed down which was just disappointing so yeah but the weather was still pretty good i mean it was it got up to maybe low 70s but the water itself was still pretty warm we went, i went swimming once and then wading around in it once and both times you know it's cold right at first like usual but the water was was really nice yeah, I Beautiful. definitely brought more fall clothes for this, and I was disappointed um, that I didn't bring my shorts and like summer summer yeah. clothes. Yeah, um, it was beautiful, and um, we did spend one day walking through like the old part of Izmir, like the old city where they have cast or like a clock tower and old castles and um, that sort of thing, and it was it was really nice. Though the coolest thing that I think I saw um, is when we were just kind of walking around, we happened to walk into a restaurant and this restaurant, the walls were bookcases, like floor to ceiling bookcases covered with books. It was really interesting and Katie was taking pictures and the waitress was like, oh, you should go upstairs. And Katie thought, oh, there's more books. And she said, no, there's beer. And we're like, <laughs> what? And so we go upstairs and the whole upstairs is wall to wall bookcases, except it's just beer beer bottles unopened beer bottles just covering the entire wall and i didn't i didn't check close enough but i'm pretty sure that they're pretty much all like different it's not like it's the same type or a lot of the same type just kind of mixed around it looked like they had beer from all over the world and um like a huge huge variety it was really cool really cool to see yeah um we definitely because where our like resort or hotel was at, um, 
it was, it was really, it, was, it wasn't too far outside of the city, but it was far enough that it wasn't just easy to get in. Um, mm-hmm. And there were a lot of things to do around Montalia that we just didn't get to see because it was expensive to get to if we used any of the hotel services. Um, and so uh, we both agreed that it would be great to go back there yeah. to explore that area. That And we have we actually have friends who live there that we didn't know lived there. Um, so we, um, I'm yeah. hoping that we'll be able to go back and maybe stay with them and yeah, we had other things to do at the hotel. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't just cl- completely vacation, and so um, we didn't get a lot of time to do touristy type things. It was mostly just getting to relax and and do things at the hotel. And so we'll definitely get to we'll definitely go back and see some of the things like Mount Olympus is there, um, which I don't think it's like the original Mount Olympus, right? It's not like the Greek one. No, but they do say, like, all the Turks here that we've said, we're going to Antalya, they're like, oh, go see the, like, eternal flame that they keep lit on the top of this mountain. Yeah. Um, But they do have, like, a cable car that goes all the way up there, so you can kind of see the sea and, like, the area around there. There's so much to do in that area. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to do, so we'll definitely go back, but... But it was a great time, even even just what we did at the hotel. It was just relaxing and a good time to yeah to not. I mean, I ended up working like I always work, so I I ended up working a couple hours in the afternoon to catch up on some things. But overall, I worked significantly less than normal, and it yeah. was just a good relaxing relaxing week. Yeah, and it was good to like meet some new people and to meet with old like other friends too. It gave us some time away from Izmir um, to just kind of refresh, um, mm-hmm. which was good because it's funny. Like you would think, well, you just kind of spent two months in the summer doing that. Like, why would you need that? But I think we've said this before in previous podcasts. Like, I I do need every month or two months, like get out of the city and just be reminded of other places here in Turkey that make me love Turkey even more. Um, and we've done that. Like we went to Ephesus one week weekend a couple months ago, and then um, this was kind of another longer getaway. Not, But yeah, so it, it does refresh me to see other places and yeah. um, like to get away a little bit. And just sometimes when you, if you don't take time to get away, then you don't actually process kind of things that you're learning in the place that you're living. Yeah. And you, you haven't mentioned the best part of Antalya yet. Oh, I got my Starbucks mug. <laughs> Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so, I'm such a nerd about it. I know it. But yeah, we even read up on it before we went. So uh, they're doing these, they have Starbucks mugs for several cities but they're doing this new line of starbucks mugs and we read about how there's six of them um and i have three in i have turkey in turkey six new ones six new city mugs so they're slowly replacing the old ones um but we have istanbul and izmir and bodrum um and it's like red yellow and pink and they're really cute and i was really excited to go to Antalya because I thought they would have a new one. And when we got to our first Starbucks, they didn't have it. And we're like, oh, maybe they don't have it. And then you actually looked it up and was like, no, they are. They are here. And Mm -hmm. so then we looked somewhere else and we found one. And what's the other two? There's an Adana one. Um, yes. And, and what's the other one? Hopefully our friends will be able to find one. Like, I, I don't think there's a ton there. Um, Ankara is the other one, oh, the okay. capital. Yeah. 
And so if we do that, then we have all six of them. Mm. So, And funny enough, we we bought another one for a friend because they they couldn't get it. And so we were just walking around town and I was carrying our friend's bag. And then the bag just kind of like slipped out of my hand and I dropped it. (laughs) And it, it didn't break too badly, but it did crack. And so we ended up giving our friend the one that we had bought earlier and we kept the cracked one for ourselves. Yeah, it's not it's not too bad. Um it doesn't it doesn't like leak terribly. It a little bit. <laughs> I still use it. Um yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. I think we can probably if we put like some super glue or some sort of like like even maybe like clear fingernail polish or something over it. Don't put we have to drink out of that mug. On the outside of it. Oh okay. Not on the inside. Okay. Um, yeah, anyway, so. yeah, it was a great week, and uh, now we're back. Living back life. to work, yep. Yep, so I do have a couple of questions for our listeners, though. Yeah, um, go ahead. Because, I mean, we've talked about some things that we're doing, kind of how we get out of town um, to refresh, but I, we did spend, like, a good chunk of this time talking about my issues with productivity and, like, distractions, and so... I am curious for those who are listening, if you are similar to me or not similar to me at all, which it might be better if you're not similar to me, and then you can give me some of your productivity tips. Like, what do you use to help you stay on track? Um, Like, do you track your time? Do you have certain tools that you're using? Um, uh, What do you do when you don't feel productive? (laughs) Like, do you just do the next best thing? Like, I don't know. Some, some of those things I would be curious to know how other people deal with like getting things done in the time that you have um, and not getting distracted. Those are good questions. And here's my second question that I would be curious about is we pack pretty often um, and we kind of know the things that we like to bring with us, but I'm curious if there are other people who use packing lists and if you do like what are some of the like random things that you always carry with you? Because we carry random things with us, but um, we always tend to forget something. So do you use a packing list? And <laughs> what's something that you always carry with you that isn't like a normal packing thing? Um, yeah, I, I have several blog posts coming up uh, about our time there. Um, a post about Glamping Hub, where we stayed, um, Sagalossos, and the Tier Market. So... I'm excited to share those with you in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, sounds good. And you can catch those articles and more about everything we talked about on our website, funktravels.com. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in and we will see you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.